Today, I'll be talking with Rue from Bavaria, Germany. Welcome to the podcast, Rue. Let's talk. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show, Grant. Great. Great to have you. I'm looking forward to this. Um, when the virus first hit back, I don't know, for us it was like March when we first started hearing more about it. But when it first showed up, what was your initial reaction to what was going on? So being in Germany, I was a little bit closer to the initial, I guess, um, wave being so close to Italy um, that it, it hit us a, about a week before it hit North America. And so I, I was um, taken aback, honestly, by how quickly things had progressed. And initially, I was nervous to watch how things would be handled when they got to the states where I'm from and where I still have family. Well, and you, you are very close. Like, I'm, I'm just looking on a map here, and you're, you're like, the, Northern Italy was what they shut down, right? So, yeah, you're right. You're right there. Correct. That's, yeah. Must have been a little cons- did did you uh, when when they did shut it down did it did it contain it so you guys were sort of safe till you could sort of till Germany could sort of get prepared for what was coming or or did it just bang it was there? Uh to an extent we never quite at least where I'm at and I'm in a very small village I'll preface with saying that there's only about a thousand people who live in my area. Uh, so we're not, you know, big like Berlin or, or anything like that where they saw greater numbers. Um, but we never really saw quite the detrimental effects that somewhere like, say, Italy saw. Must have been scary just the same, though, because I know I know for us even I mean, like when it when it, you know, we heard, you know, uh, in in, Wa, um, in in China mm-hmm. and then when we did start hearing about um, it, you know, hit Italy shutting things down and, and stuff. Then we started thinking, okay, this is a little more real. But as soon as it hit New York, for us, that's when it was like, okay, you know, this is like North America. This is like, this is real. Mm -hmm. And and that's shortly thereafter, they started locking us down here. So I I, I think it took that coming to, you know, hitting North America for us to really take it as serious as, as, you know. And I don't think we could have taken it any less serious considering where we are today. I agree with that. Absolutely. It's It's been so surreal to be an American living abroad and to watch how things are being handled here compared to how things are being handled, say, in my home state, for example, where there's still people fighting against wearing masks and social distancing and just being rude and belligerent at, at every opportunity. What What state are you from, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So right there in the heartland. Haven't talked to anybody from Missouri yet either. Oh, there I'm like a twofer. Yeah. Um, We'll stick to Germany though, because I think that's going to be a little more pertinent to what we're talking about. But um, so what happened when it did start hitting Germany? Did, was there lockdowns fairly, fairly soon? Um, And what was it like where you are as, as far as any of that stuff? So pretty immediately what we saw was the mask ordinances began. That was right within probably that second week of March. We saw you have to wear your mask everywhere. Um, And then the most, I would say, extreme thing that I witnessed was that we had a mask fine of like multiple thousands of euros if you were caught violating that. Wow. See, that's I've talked to so many people 
And and it, it seems to go country to country whether or not you'll get fined for and and like we've they're doing that here as well. Okay. Um in in our latest lockdown, like right now we're in code red. Mm-hmm. And and um so you can get fined. Like for instance, if, if you're sitting in a car and and say say the uh, not the cops, but whoever there's guys that that do this. If they if they come across two people sitting in a car, they'll 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 ask you for your ID. And if and if your ID you're from two different households, you will get ticketed. Really? So wow. you can't even. Yeah, yeah. If you're, um, like it's cold here right now. We're in winter, and and. Even some people, you know, at first were, oh, well, we'll just put, you know, we'll just have like bonfires in the backyard and get together that way. Well, if they come to your yard and they'll check your ID and if you're not from the same household, you'll, you'll get it, you'll get ticketed as well. So they're, they're very strict right now in our lockdown. So interesting. Um, yeah. And, and they, I think they published, uh, last week that they've made over a million dollars already in the fines that they've given out in just in Manitoba, just our province. Wow. So. Yeah. So at this point with, with what we're at and they just extended it today, as a matter of fact, when we're recording this out to February 14th, um, currently we're allowed to socialize with one person who we don't live in the same house with. So like, I could go over and see one friend at their house, but like my husband and I could not go together. Right, right. And and in in a case like that, like they're they're talking about doing the same thing open like right now it's only in your household. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a meeting or or whatever yesterday that they're thinking Friday they may change it to two people allowed in your from outside your household can visit. But the thing that me and my my girlfriend and I were talking about was we don't know if it means is that the same two people all the time. So do you have a list of of two people that always have, or can it just be two people come over? They leave. Two people, different people can come over. You know, if because if it's the second case, then it really doesn't make any sense to me. Right. If you can just keep having because it's you, you might as well have four people. But anyway, um. So is it like that with you? Is it the same? Is it like a list of people and and it always has to be the same, like a bubble type situation? So they have implemented that and they've they've kind of laxed some to it. There's not necessarily like a, a registry or anything. Over the summer, they really tried to implement that, especially with school kids. So how how is it? Is it any different being an expat there? Like, do you live? Do you live on a base, or do you live like just in in a in a town in Germany? Yeah. So, for context, I am a military spouse. My husband is active duty in the army, and um, we live about three quarters of a mile off of base. So we are okay. just out there. Right. So, if you were on base, it would be like American rules, and and if you're off base, it's is is that sort of how to it an works? extent there are certain ordinances that are. Uh, regardless of whether it's technically American soil, like the base or not. And that pertains to some of the businesses that can be open. Um, right now there's only takeaway food available. So all of the Eden, um, restaurant type situations on base are closed. Um, the biggest thing for me is so Germany, or at least where I live in Bavaria, 
has just passed that you have to wear a certain type of mask, which is the FFP2 mask, which is one of the more um, highly filtered masks. So you can't wear just like the cloth masks that people have been making. Um, But yeah, yeah, that just started about two weeks ago and will continue until the 14th of February. And that's everywhere in Germany, except on our American base, you can still wear a cloth mask. And I think that that's because the military is not paying to provide the specific type of masks. And so they're having a harder time basically mandating that people wear them there when they're not providing them. Well, here's an interesting question. Um, So if you, if you get Mm -hmm. sick, do you go to the base and an American hospital on the base? Like, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Or or do you can you do you just go to a, a hospital in the town you're in or, or the closest or whatever? So the installation that we're at is actually pretty small and it would be kind of at the discretion of the healthcare providers on base. You, you know, you would call your primary provider and say, Hey, I think I'm sick. Um, what do I do? And then they would advise based on what they think is the right decision to make. Have you known anybody on the base, like any of of, of the American, other Americans there that have gotten the virus? Not personally. I know of cases. I mean, obviously, we've been affected just like everyone else, but I, I haven't personally known anyone here who's gotten sick. Hmm. But I'll tell you, that mask thing is very interesting. You, I, I've not talked to anybody that, that has, has said where they are that it's a specific mask that, that they require. That's uh, that's very yeah, that's interesting. Brand new. I've never heard that of that. That was a shock to us as well when that started. But I've been wearing them, and I will say that they they do feel more filtered. That's for sure. You know, you breathe in, and it kind of sucks to your face a little bit. So, hopefully, it's keeping us safer. Well, and and any of the news that we've heard, and and you know, we don't get a lot of news out of uh, Europe. I mean, we we hear a lot about the UK, but I think that's because they've got those, those, the new variant and, and, and there always seems to be something going on with, um, what's his name? The prime minister (laughs) there, Johnson. There's always, yeah, there's always something going on there. And, and, you know, we hear a little, you know, a few things from France because they were one of the, the, the bigger, but we've always heard that Germany has been doing real well with this. At least that's what we hear. And I believe that because, I've I've always um, in anything I've seen, and uh, Merkela really seems to know her stuff. Like she seems to really know what she's doing. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've heard that that you guys are actually doing pretty well with this compared to a lot of other places. I would I would completely agree with that. You know, as frustrating as some of the ordinances have seemed, you know, whether it's the specific mask or you know, we've been under curfew which has been kind of irksome. Um, I, I think especially to the people who are behaving safely, you know, that it's it's fresh and cool. It's like, okay, I have my one person over and now they need to leave by 8.30 to get home for the nine o'clock, you know, curfew. Um, but I, I have been incredibly impressed with how the German government has handled this, especially compared to the United States. Well, and I've heard that their lockdowns, like sometimes we'll hear, oh, you know, um, that they've locked down this, this. It's it sounds to me like their lockdowns have been pretty strict, but effective. Absolutely. Um, have uh, how has that affected you? That like the the you know being in lockdown. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, um, I am a thespian by trade. I 
am really active in theater and we have a theater here on base. And unfortunately, it was the day of our dress rehearsal that we went into full lockdown. So we were just about to to have a show happen and, and that all got canceled. So that was probably the first biggest impact for me was having to tell my performers that, hey, it's, it's off. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. That's kind of a bummer. It definitely was, especially because it was a junior performance. So they're all kids who were, you know, not quite as involved with the news that we were seeing as adults and they were like what do you mean this corona thing yeah it's i mean i I, i'm retired my kids are all grown um we don't have any kids at home or anything so we don't you know we don't get it directly you know we're not directly impacted from that angle but i do have you know my daughter has you know, I have grandkids that are, you know, 10 and 12 and, you know, there's a, whatever, those are the older ones. But so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough here too, I think, just to keep them occupied. Like my, my grandson's very active. He's, you know, a lot of energy and, and keeping him in the house away from his friends has been really challenging, I think, for my daughter. But um that's just something she has to do right now until we get through this. But, uh, yeah, I think this is, I mean, on the one hand, I think kids are, are very resilient and, and for them to, to adjust to stuff like this is probably a lot easier than mm-hmm. us or like as, as in me, I mean, um, in, in some cases, but in other cases, I think, you know, the, the, the whole social things that they're learning at the age that they're at right now, they're not able to really, you know, they were just sort of learning how to have those, you know, social interactions and they were just getting those social skills and then that all got put on hold. So I'm sure that's been difficult for a lot of them. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of my friends who have kids of all ages. And I think that the folks with younger kids are the ones who are struggling more because if you look at teenagers, I mean, I'm a millennial, I'm 25 And we were kind of just at the start of really engaging on the internet, but the kids today are almost more apt to engage virtually than in person, even before the pandemic. And so I think that's a huge boon for that demographic. Whereas us older fogies are like, man, I miss having coffee and lunch with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with the lockdown, are you able to get out much? Like are, 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 is there much, like for us, everything's pretty much closed here, except for you can get groceries and, and, uh, you know, you can get medicine, like drugstores, that sort of thing. And that's about it. Like you can get takeout, you can, you know, curbside pickup for, for some things. But other than that, like all our malls are closed, um, you know, a lot of other stores are closed if they're not grocery stores right now. So there's not a lot to do here. Like we're, we're pretty, we're locked down pretty tight. Um, what's it been like? We're for in you? exactly the same position over here. If, if stores don't sell food or like vital medicine, they are not open right now. So, and, and to be honest, you know, it's, I, I have, even when they have been open, been really cautious to not go out more than necessary Um, obviously we can go out for like walks and such, but right now we got about four inches of snow, so that's not too pleasant. Yeah, actually, you know what? We're, we're pretty much in the, yeah, we, I, we live right next door to a nice park here. So we get out for walks. We can, uh, at least, you know, get some exercise and fresh air and stuff. But, um, I mean, it's been kind of, you know, like, like, uh, we moved into a a 50 plus apartment, um, and it worked out that we, 
we didn't think we'd like, we had our eye on this particular mm-hmm. complex for a couple of years and we were on a waiting list. And, and then we didn't think once COVID hit that, okay, we don't, we're going to hold off for a year cause nothing's going to open up. And anyway, things worked out that we ended up moving in here, um, in midsummer this year. And, and then my brother, um, they had sort of put their name in and wanted to move in here too. And, and at the time that they had talked about it, we thought, oh, this is mm-hmm. going to be great. You know, cause you know, me and my brother are pretty close and, oh, we'll be able to watch hockey games yeah. together. We can, you know, hang out and stuff. Well, he moved in, in, in like more like late summer, early fall. And we've been living, we we're in the exact same building. He's up on one floor. I'm on another floor. And I, I, I see him less than I did when we were living miles apart. And, and you know, we're, we're closer than we've lived since we were living in the same home when yeah. we were kids and we can't hang out. So that's, that's wow. pretty weird for us. Like it's, you know, I talk to him on the phone and stuff, but um, even if I see him, you know, I might see him in the parkade, but we have to, you know, we're 10 mm-hmm. feet apart and we got our masks on and I just a quick, hello, how's it going? And then I leave and, vice versa. So it, it, it's pretty weird that, you know, you're, you're so close, but yet you're so far because of this stuff. Yeah, I I understand that. But my experience was kind of the inverse. I feel like I got a lot closer to my family and friends with the pandemic. So we moved to Germany in the fall of 2019. And that, I mean, I'd never lived abroad before. And it was it was definitely a shock to not have everyone that I've ever known available to me. But with the pandemic, I think more people were like, oh, wow, I haven't talked to this person in a minute and, you know, reaching out more. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been kind of isolated from all these folks for a minute. Um, and then to have them kind of go into the lockdown and have the perspective of how we socialize change. I, I started doing more, you know, weekly Zoom calls with this person or FaceTime with my little sister and and that kind of thing. And so for me, it was almost a, a way of getting closer to people by realizing how much we needed to rely on the Internet to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably spend more time FaceTiming, um, my, like my one son and I, we do it mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, probably more than before when, you know, any of this, mind you, he, you know, he lived with me for quite a while. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I, I, I made a point when this first started of, of, you know, phoning my Mm -hmm. brother and my sister and, you know, a couple other people and, and on a weekly basis, which before I wouldn't do. So yeah, I mean, in, in some ways I'm in more contact, even though the contact isn't the same, but I am sort of keeping up more with, with, and I'm making more of an effort to, uh, and I have contacted, you know, uh, people that I hadn't talked to in, you know, 10, 15 yeah. years, just, just, uh, Oh, how are you doing? How are you making out with this? Are you guys okay? And then you, and that becomes a weekly conversation. Right. So yeah. And, and in some ways it's definitely, um, been a plus as far as, you know, um, Re re-energizing relationships that I hadn't dealt with for a long yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will always be grateful for that experience because similar to you during pandemic, I started my podcast and that really started organically as me and one of my best friends getting together every week or so. And we like to watch really bad ghost hunting TV shows together. 
and kind of talk about, oh, did you hear about this spooky thing? Or, you know, the Pentagon confirmed that there's extraterrestrials apparently this week and we all didn't talk about it because COVID and Trump. And that turned into to the supposedly podcast. And so I will I will always kind of cherish that closeness because of what it's created in my life. Well, and that's um, something I've talked to a lot of people about is, you know, and, and it's good. A lot of people have taken the lockdown time and, and put, put that energy into either learning, you know, a new skill or uh, picking up a new hobby or revisiting an old hobby. They didn't have time, you know, any of these things. And, and I think a lot of people have found that thing to focus on. So you're not thinking so much about the pandemic itself. Like you're, Oh, well, look, this is, Oh, I learned this today or, Oh, Hey, I know how to do this. Or, Hey, we, we had a really great show. We had a really good, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and I, and I think it, 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 I think you're coming away with sort of a, a win when you do that. Like, you know, you, the, the, the virus didn't beat, didn't totally win. Like you, you got a win here. It's not, you know, absolutely. If that makes absolutely. sense. It's, it's definitely good to have, something to reframe some positivity into your day. Um, it's It's been challenging. You know, it's, I had hoped, I, I actually had plane tickets booked for last April. Um, I was going to get to go home for the first time in a year and get to see all my family and, you know, be with my, you know, some of the, the kiddos who are about to grow up and go to college and not be as accessible. And, it was definitely disheartening to lose that opportunity and we've lost some family members this last year. And, and so it's definitely every time that I have the opportunity to be like, Hey, I started a podcast or I finished writing a book or any of the things that have happened to me in the last year, it's like, okay, let's, let's at least reframe. And, and there is some good things that have happened even in this pile of not so great things that have happened. Yeah. It's, and, and sometimes it's hard to do. I mean, like for me, I've been, I've been pretty positive the whole time. I mean, like last, last year in March, when it first started, I, you know, I was like, photography is my, my real passion. I I just love photography. So I, you know, I bought a couple of new cameras and I'm taking a lot of pictures and especially in the summer here, I could get out more and even, even social distancing, I could, you know, me and my girlfriend can get in the car and, and like, I really like architecture. So we could go into our downtown area. There's a lot of old buildings and that sort of stuff. But, you know, so that sort of gave me something to focus on. I kept, you know, whatever. And then, and then I started the the podcast this fall because I knew we were in for a long winter. Our lockdown was a lot yeah. tighter, um, you know, starting to get cold again. I, I knew I wouldn't be taking a lot of pictures because there's only so many pictures you can take either at home or in this one park yeah. sort of thing, you know, like it's it, so, so that I started this and, and, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it sort of just gave me something to focus on. So for me, I never really felt, I don't know if depressing would be a right word, but, but it finally hit me probably about a week ago that, you know what, this is really starting to bug me. Like this is getting too long. And and I mean, I'm not at the, I'm not in the, in the COVID fatigue phase where I'm going to start not wearing a mask and let's open every, I mean, I'm not like that at all, but it's just starting to, it's just starting to sort of get almost like it's starting to, to get Mm -hmm. real to me, even though it has been real, but it's just, I think about things like, 
when was the last time I was able to do this? Or like I said, with my brother living upstairs right. and I can't see him. And, and you know, some of these things, it, it just sort of all sort of hits me at one time. It's like, what happened to this world? Like this, yeah. this sucks. Like how did this become where we are now? But yeah, I can, I can definitely um, appreciate that. You know, for my husband and I, one of the biggest draws in getting stationed in Germany was, oh my God, we're in Europe, the amount of travel that we can do. And, you know, military contracts don't last forever. You get about two or three years in one place and it's time to ramble on. And now we've spent a third of of this wonderful experience of being in Europe in lockdown. <laughs> and fortunately we got yeah. great traveling before everything hit, but there were so many plans. You know, we, we had tickets to Paris in June and, we were hoping to go to Egypt. And I mean, there were so many wonderful things that the proximity of being here had made available to us that now I'm, I'm not sure that things will be open enough before we have to, to head to our next station, um, which is pretty frustrating. And that's that's where I definitely can empathize with the, the frustration of like, all right, OK, I'm, I'm done with this, you know. And, and like you said, that yeah. doesn't mean it's time to rebel and be narcissistic and you know only think of yourself and want to rip your mask off but it does make you kind of sit back and say wow like we've missed out on so much life whether it's time with our family or travel or career opportunities that yeah it's it's frustrating well and and travel for us was a big thing too so i I know exactly how you feel because i retired just over two years ago like it's probably about two years January. So I'm right there. And, and my girlfriend's been retired for about three years and, and our big plans were, we're going to travel. And that was part of the reason why we wanted to move into this apartment and stuff. So you could just close the door and leave for five, six weeks or whatever, and not have to worry about stuff. So we had all these plans to, you know, we had a list of places that we wanted to see. We, you know, um, Luckily, I, I did get my retirement trip in. We did go to Europe for, for oh, a few good. weeks before all this. And, but I mean, I, I've never really traveled much. So for me, it was just, okay, now I, now I want to go more. And we went to Nashville last fall just before everything mm-hmm. hit probably a couple of months before everything started. And, but I mean, those were things we were starting to, Oh, but you know, Oh, well let's go here for a week or, you know, we're going to go here and then everything stopped. So, um, and, and that's, I I guess we figure we know we're probably not going to travel much anywhere until next fall, next winter, till, till the vaccines are done and stuff. But even then, I don't know if we're going to be comfortable getting on a plane for another year or two like I, I just don't know i i think there's too many variables that have to fall into place before i'm gonna fly to europe or or whatever yeah so, i don't blame you and you know well and we'll we'll just travel locally i mean there's there are a lot of places and canada's a big country a lot of places here i haven't seen that we can you know go by car yeah. so uh we'll still be able to travel it just won't be quite what we wanted but we'll get there yeah there's been a lot of radical acceptance in the last year <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you for not wanting to, to take that flight. We had to go back to the States in October and that was definitely a point of anxiety for me was being kind of in such close quarters with people. You know, it's, it's been so long since I've been around more than like (laughs) as many people are in the grocery store aisle. Um, and that experience was, it was, it was wild, but I will say 
the flights that we were on were the least crowded I've ever been on. And I think that there was such a communal sense of, all right, let's just get through this, that people were the most well-behaved um, that I had seen, especially heading to the United States. Well, and, and I've heard, or, or we've mm-hmm. heard that it's not so much on the plane. Like the, if we've heard there's been very little COVID spread on from people actually right. on planes. We've heard that it's it's in the airport that the problem is with the lineups to get your tickets and your luggage and you know those sorts of things where people are congregating around you know picking up their suitcases and stuff. So we've heard it's actually in the airports where it's the bigger Yeah. Risk. I could definitely see that. We were able to fly out of one of the smaller airports here in Germany out of Nuremberg and so luckily that that airport's almost always pretty empty. And then everywhere that we had a layover, I don't know if it's just the time of the year. I mean, it was October, so there wasn't any holiday travel. Um, it seemed like things were a little bit lighter with the the spread and the transmission. Um, it seemed like there were a few less cases. It's like we were there right between kind of what the United States is called the second and third wave. So I don't know if it was the timing, but I, I'm definitely glad that we had to go when we had to go instead of any later. And and did you go back to Missouri? Is that where you ended up going? So we got to go to Missouri for a, about a day and a half, which was, uh, it was the first time I got to hug my mom and, and see any of my family, which was great. But we actually went back to my husband's home state. He's from New York City. Um, and that's where we had to go because we had a, a family crisis. New York, that must have been It was intense, you know, especially because like you'd said, you know, being out of the country, New York's kind of the place that you kept hearing about. And on like the local German news, I kept, oh, New York, oh, New York, and New York. And I was like, okay, and that's where we're headed. Um, And it was pretty wild to not see the streets crowded and to see so many of the businesses closed. But even there, and I think the bigger the city, almost the more on your best behavior, you have to be just out of necessity. And so when we were in New York, people seemed to be doing a really good job of trying to social distance as much as possible and wear their masks. It was actually, unfortunately, I have to dog on my own town. It was in the Midwest where I saw a lot more of the non-compliance. Well, and you know, and I've talked to people from, you know, New York, California, you know, and, and, states in between and and it definitely the 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 feeling i get is it changes the whole attitude towards the the virus changes state to state and and i don't think it's as uh, it and and not only in you know the the restrictions or or anything like that i think just the people's attitudes seem to change from state to state I, i think in some states they just take it more serious they they you know they're they're more I don't know if it's the red blue states. I, I I don't know if that's what it is, but there there are differences. Yeah, you know, I I love my city, and like a lot of places in the United States, I'm kind of a little blue circle in a big red ocean, and um, I I think that where I'm from, there are a lot of those people who confuse their rights for the right to do whatever they want, and that's unfortunate to me is seeing the people who think that wearing a mask and protecting themselves and others is a violation of their freedom. Well, and that must be hard. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know hard, but it must be a little jarring after being in, in Germany where I, I, we'll, we'll 
I'll talk about what they're like over there, but I'm assuming it's not as the same as what, what it is here. Um, so that must be a little jarring too, coming from one to the other. It is. And I think for me, the, the biggest frustration with that is, you know, we're over here for my husband's military service. And it's frustrating to me to see the people who consider themselves patriots and support our troops and all that being the ones who are defying science and keeping service members away from their families. It's like, because of you, I, I, I don't know the next time I'm going to get to see my family. And that's frustrating to yeah. see this, oh, we're patriots in America and, you know, red, white, and blue. And I'm like, cool. But the people who are serving your country are being affected overseas in ways that you're not thinking of when you choose to have these anti-mask protests. Well, and it's, I mean, it's, I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't understand it at all. Like I, to me, it's, it's like, how hard is it? Like, you're not putting yourself through a whole lot of discomfort just to wear the mask for, for the limited amount of time that you have to wear one. It, it's not like, you know, anybody saying here, carry this hundred pound weight around your neck f- for eight hours a day or anything. It's, it's, it's a very small thing to achieve a big thing, but yet something in, in them just says, no, I'm just not going to do it. And, and I just, I really, I don't, I understand. don't either. I always ask, you know, uh, on the internet and, and when I'm confronted with that mindset, I'm always like, do you wear seatbelts? <laughs> you know, cause so often they're like, well, I know I don't have COVID and I'm like, okay, well, I know that I'm not an unsafe driver but I still wear my seatbelt because what if someone else chooses to be an unsafe driver or what if something bad happens and I hit a patch of ice? It's for me, it's the same with the mask. It's this one little kind of inconvenient thing I do to keep myself a lot safer than the alternative. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, and it's not, it's not only, you know, parts of the States. We have the same thing going on here. Uh, it's, it's, it's to a smaller degree only because our population is, is so much smaller, but you know, like just the other day we had a couple of rallies here. One, one, um, like uh, for instance, like, I don't know if you follow hockey at all, but they started the NHL up again just last week and, and we have an NHL team here. And, and so they protested the day that they started like their first game, people protested, no masks, any of that stuff outside of the arena. Um, because why can they play hockey, but I can't play hockey because, you know, rinks and stuff are shut down. But, and, and I'm not saying that they don't have a point. I'm not saying I agree, you know, with, you know, the NHL being allowed mm-hmm. to play or whatever, but that's not what the argument is about. They're running around without masks to make a stupid right. point. Do you know what I mean? Like, or they're making, they might be making an okay point, but they're doing it stupid. Well, and also when, when so, you look at these professional sports teams, this is their career. You know, this is how many of us have still had to find a way to go to work every day, whether it's, you know, kind of a rotating telework schedule or or whatever. And when you look at these sports teams, this is their job. And I look at the the NBA, how basketball was handled, where, you know, for the finals last year, they were all in the bubble. And I know one of the players left the bubble because he had a child being born. And it was like, all right, that's the choice you're making. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit out the next two weeks of the finals. And that's okay, but you're going to be in quarantine until we get your negative COVID tests back and then you can play. 
Yeah, I mean, even even in the NHL last year, if you left, you didn't right. come back. Like when they had the, the playoff bumble, once once a player you know had to, and and there was a couple of guys mm-hmm. that did, um, but yeah, you weren't allowed back. That's it. You're gone. Okay. Yeah. See you and next so that's year. where these um, anti-mask you know demonstrations or whatever just don't make sense to me because it's like, okay, are you going to agree to not play hockey or do anything or see anyone for two weeks and then you can play hockey? Because if not, then we're not having the same conversation here and you just being obstinate. Well, and, and you know, we, we, uh, like another group that, that's been protesting a lot here is um, more religion because mm-hmm. uh, cause that's been shut down here too. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. I like, and, and actually they, they, they're bigger numbers when they, you know, um, protest, they, uh, it, it's just, I just don't understand it. I would think it was just something that, you know, they'd understand we can do this virtually for now. And you would think that a church wouldn't want their members to, to be in, 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 you know, at risk in that, but they don't, they seem to be anti-maskers period. Like they just don't think this is a real thing. They, they, they just don't believe in it at all. So, and that's such, um, it's almost, it's almost cult-like. Yeah, that's, that's such a sticking point for me. You know, I, I'm particularly speaking about Christianity and certain demographics within Christianity. I definitely don't want to generalize here, but it seems to me that, you know, when you look at the teachings of that faith, that especially like the teachings of Jesus, that's such a like, hey, how can you be a good person and protect your community and keep people safe and be a good neighbor? And and it's such a direct conflict to say, I'm not going to wear my mask. I want to still congregate by the hundreds in church it just seems so counterintuitive to all of that scripture. Yeah, it, it's it's almost um I can't think of the word, but yeah, yeah hypocritical. Absolutely. Right? Like you're saying, you know, you want your flock or whatever to be to be looked after and you want what's best for them and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but yet um and to not see the science of this in the world we live in right. today is just almost criminal. Like how can you not see it for what it is? I mean, you know, the world isn't flat, right. you know, we're not in that time where, where you, where you don't understand these things. You should at least know that what they're saying is, is the real deal. Yeah. And, and I mean, as much as it makes me cringe to, to even quote this guy, you know, Ben Shapiro had his whole, the facts don't care about your feelings spiel. And, and, like you said, the hypocrisy of seeing people who want to espouse that, oh, yeah, you know, we don't care about you little snowflakes, be the same people who are like, we also don't believe in science. (laughs) And I'm just like, so you want to talk about the facts and then not actually believe the facts when they don't suit you. So did you see much of that in Germany, that that attitude at all? or, Or was there much of that in Europe? So unfortunately, I've seen most of that from the American soldiers and their families. Um, you know, being in such a small community, I'm on some of like the Facebook groups and I see, oh, we live in socialist Germany where they hate freedom. And and that's pretty discouraging to see coming from my statesmen. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen a lot of that out in the German community, but like I said, I live in a really teeny tiny village that has a thousand people or so, and and most of them are older. Um, and I think that they are from a time when you just did what you needed to do. And I think it's the younger mm. folk who 
have something to say about. And when I say older, I mean, a lot of these folk that I see are probably in their 70s. Um, I live in a super old town. This my, my town has been incorporated as this town since the 1600s. And so I think that there's still a lot of that kind of old hardened Bavarian way here, um, which you don't necessarily see in, in the bigger cities where young people flock, you know? So I, I think that I would probably be able to report something a little bit different if I lived in Berlin or, you know, Munich, the bigger communities. But in mine, I think people are just like, you know, let's knuckle down and do what we got to do to get through this. So how hard was it to leave the States and go back to Germany? Was that kind of tough for you? I mean, knowing that, that, you know, what's going on in the States or or was it like, okay, I'm I'll go home for now and we'll come back when this is all over with. Or? Are you meaning when I was visiting in the fall or? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, everything happened so quickly. Um, my husband's father got very sick very quickly and passed away. Um, and so we found out. Um, sorry. Sorry to hear you. that. Yeah, it, was, it was tough. Um, and so we found out on Sunday that he'd fallen ill Um and then we were on a plane on Tuesday. So I didn't necessarily have a lot of time to process what it meant to be going home. Um, I, I don't know that I really had a chance to think those thoughts until I was decompressing while we were in our quarantine once we got back to Germany. How long were you, were you in the States for when you went back? Um, we were in the States for almost a month. Yeah, it was okay. it was only supposed to be about a week, um, and then unfortunately things turned pretty pretty dire pretty quickly, um, and we had to extend our our time there. So when you and so when you were in New York, you were you were there during like the second wave when things started getting hit again. Um, j- kind of just between that second and third wave, so things were a little more open. The weather was still nice, so you know you could still kind of be more spread out. Um, and then it was pretty much right in that American Thanksgiving time frame that things started to get a lot more closed down. So later in November, it seems like we got out just right as things were picking back up. So how was, so you were home for um, Thanksgiving then? No, we were in Germany. We were in, we were in the States oh, okay. for pretty much so the entire month of October. We got there on the 7th, I want to say, and we, we were actually in the sky on Halloween. So so how's Thanksgiving in, in Germany? Do you guys celebrate? there with people from the base we were able to have two or three people that we know from the base over and you know just kind of does small it was obviously still within covid so we had a lot of um, parameters but we made the best out of it how about christmas same thing. Uh, that was just my husband and i for the most part by then things were really getting a lot more yeah. severe you could only have i think two people from outside of your home um so yeah, it was it was a quiet one. Yeah, I mean for us too. Like I said, we're we're in this super cold red lockdown right now, and and uh, so for us, I mean we we, we uh, you know got gifts for the kids, and and like I know my son, he came, and and you know we both had our masks on. I just walked out the front door, and you know put the stuff in the back of yeah. his car, and then gave a wave, and they left, and and then we. Um, we just did, you know, uh, like a FaceTime sort of thing Christmas morning and, and to open gifts and stuff. So, I mean, for us, like for, for uh, you know, my girlfriend and I, our Christmas was sitting in front of a computer screen, yep. <laughs> you know, talk, 
you know, she was, you know, FaceTiming with her daughter yeah. and, you know, then my kids and stuff. So, and it, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't great. Of course, nobody likes it, but I, I, I understand why we did yeah. it. And, and I don't have a problem with it, to be honest, because to me, I, I believe that it's only going to, I don't think we're going to go through another winter like yeah. this. So to me, it was like, I'm giving up one mm-hmm. Christmas. You know, and, and my kids are grown. It's not like they're little right. kids that are, you know, giving me a hard time. Oh, you know, whatever they're, they understand why we're doing this and they're, uh, they all feel the same way. They look at it the same way. So they don't have a problem. They wouldn't have come over if we asked them to, because they yeah. know that we should like, you know, um, my youngest son's girlfriend is, ex- you know, she's expecting, you know, in the spring. Correct. So we, we're even more cautious yeah. there. Oh, thank you. And, and so yeah, for us it wasn't you know it wasn't great, but we did it, and and I think I think what sort of helps me get through you know these things now is knowing that the vaccines yeah. are coming. Um, we've been told that by I think they said the latest update was end of September. Right. They figure all Canadians should be vaccinated. Wow. So. Based on that, I think I'll probably get it late summer because I'm 60, but I don't have any underlying health conditions. Right. I think I'll probably be about the bottom 20%, which is fine. I got no, you know, I no issue with, you know, healthcare workers and, and, you know, the elderly, whatever. So at least I can see an end to this. So that's what makes it easy. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that I gave up one Christmas mm-hmm. to protect, you know, is worth it. And I don't understand why a lot of people made such a big deal. Oh, I gave up my Christmas. I'm giving, you know, I have to, I can't see my kids. I can't have dinner with yeah. whatever. It's only one. Like it's only, like I just, I just didn't understand why it was such a, they, they felt it was almost, you know, they just couldn't do it. And a lot of people didn't. Like yeah. I think they, they, um, they, they said that 48% of Manitobans did not follow the health um, guidelines wow. over Christmas. So a lot of people just did what they wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And, and l- luckily, I, it doesn't look like we're getting hit that bad because mm-hmm. of it. But I still think in general, you should they should have just did it. Just you know. I agree. Well, and that's somewhere else that I feel like my perspective is being affiliated with the military is because honestly, this Christmas looked exactly like last Christmas did for us. You know, we are at least a thousand dollars a person away from home at any given time. And sometimes that's just not in the cards. And, yeah. you know, so there are a lot and I've talked to a lot of my friends who are also military affiliated and living over here or living far from wherever they call home. And we're all kind of used to just not getting to pick up and see our family whenever we'd like to. I, I haven't gotten to have family dinner in a long time. And it's frustrating to see people who can't follow the restrictions when it's like, yo, your restrictions are my every day. Well, exactly. And you know what? You survived it. You're surviving without those. You know, I haven't seen my son, um, or, or any of my Mm -hmm. kids. We haven't had, you know, had dinner with them in almost a year now. Um, I haven't, like when, when my son and, and his girlfriend, you know, um, came and told me, it was on my birthday, they came and told me that they were yeah. expecting. And it, we were in a lockdown again, but it was warm enough that we could go for a walk. So we had our masks, we went for a social distance walk and, you know, they told me, but I couldn't yeah. give them a hug. You know, that kind of bugged me. But uh, again, 
I, you know, I see the end yeah. coming. So I understand why, you know, um, I think sometimes people seem to think by me not being totally upset and saying, oh, we sh-, you know what I mean? That I accept it and I'm okay with it. Well, I'm not okay with not being able to hug my son. That's not the yeah. point. I'm okay with what I need to do to make this better. But that doesn't mean I'm okay with the the act of not being able to do these things. Yeah. So, well, and I, I firmly um, believe that it's one of those situations where all we have in our control is ourselves. And whether I'm positive about it or whether I'm upset about it, the situation doesn't change. And and that's not to have, you know, a toxic positive mindset and say that I'm always thrilled to be here. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm still not going to be able to hug my family, do I want to be upset and still not able to hug my family? Or do I want to still try and have a good day? Because <laughs> the circumstances isn't going to change. Well, no, exactly. I mean, and and that's like, I... I, I believe the only things I, I have control over in this whole thing is is whether or not I wear a mask, whether or not I'm in contact with, with yeah. people, you know, social distancing, and, and washing my hands. Absolutely. And that's... Other than those three things, I have no control over what this virus is going to do. And I think everybody has to take control of those things that they can control. Unfortunately, there's a certain percentage of people that won't do those three things and keep us going with this. And that's always kind of been my outlook through the pandemic is how do I want to remember my conduct through that? Do I want to remember that I tried my hardest to be a decent person? Exactly. You know, I, I, I've said, I don't know how many times, you know, my girlfriend and I, 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 you know, that we've said when this is all said and done, we can look in the mirror we can look at ourselves and know we did the best we could for everybody, for our families, for whatever. Even if some people say, well, you overreacted, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I'd rather overreact and make sure than underreact and put someone at risk. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hopefully, you know, like I said, I think with the vaccines and stuff, I, I do see the end coming. So that makes it a lot easier, mm-hmm. I think, to, to deal with it than it was. I mean... I don't know if I'd have the same attitude if if, if we were in this for a guaranteed, uh, if they said, oh, well, we won't be vaccinated. We won't be out of this for three yeah. years. I think my attitude would be a little different. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I hope I'd hope I'd still be doing the same thing, but it would be much harder to accept everything if it was, a, a, you know, a lot longer. It's definitely easy to, easier to keep morale up feeling like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I definitely agree with you on that, that it's like, okay, you know what? This is temporary. Um, If we just keep on keeping on. And, you know, part of it is I feel like we have some power in how long this takes by behaving well. And that's what's frustrating is like, okay, for the people who haven't gotten to hug their, you know, expectant daughter-in-law or you know gotten to go home and see their family like myself like it's more frustrating to see the people who had christmas together and got someone sick and it's like okay because of you guys behaving badly i i'm in this even longer and i've been in this even longer yeah yeah and and you know the thing that that i i mean i i I totally agree i feel exactly the same way and i i had a um I, I did an episode last week where I talked to a nurse from Chicago and she's been 
Um, she's been working the front line since day wow. one. And after talking to her, it, it was, I was angry, you know, I mean, I mean, it bothers me to see people doing these things, but after talking to her and, and seeing what she has to go through on a daily mm-hmm. basis, and yet she gets up and she keeps doing it, yeah. you know, she's, she's been doing it for almost a year and, and, you know, she, and she said there's days where she breaks down and she, you know, but yet she keeps doing it and she's not doing it for right. the money. She's doing it because she wants to help people yeah. and all. And and when I heard that, and I, you know, the con, you know, talking with her, it's it makes it even more makes me even more angry to see people that don't look at that and can't understand why they should be doing the things that we all should be doing, mm-hmm. because you're 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 putting her at risk yeah. too. I mean, and and yet. I don't know. It's just, it's just, sometimes it's just hard to take, you know, the people's attitudes that just don't it is. get it. Like, it I is. Know. Yeah. One of my best friends, her girlfriend is, works in a children's hospital and I can't even imagine what it's like to watch kids go through this. And, you know, she, she talks about how the parents are sometimes still COVID deniers. And I'm like, you're watching your kid die and you're still going to congregate. And you're still going to have a big party. And I just, I don't understand how people can have that mindset, especially when it's close to home. You know, you see those people holding up the iPad in the nursing home and and it's their grandmother's passing away and there's like 12 people in the house. And I'm like, you're watching someone die of COVID at a big house party? What's, what's the matter with you? Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny you say that because I had this exact same conversation just the other day about the same thing like all these people you know they're they're getting together to say goodbye to someone but they're not wearing masks and, and you're right there's a big crowd of them yeah not even realizing this is why i'm losing this person mm-hmm. but yet we're, we're putting ourselves at risk for the same mm-hmm. thing absolutely and, and i i can't think of a bigger way to dishonor that person's memory than by jeopardizing yourself like that no for sure because i'm everybody Nobody wants their family members to have to deal deal with this, especially those that you're right have, have you know had to to go mm-hmm. through it. I'm sure that's the last thing they want is is for them. And nobody wants to see their family members be alone right. uh, through this at a scary time. Um, and I don't know. It's it's just. I mean, fortunately, I I haven't had any family members um, be affected you know, hit by this yet. Um, hopefully I won't. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's tough. And it, and it was, it, it really seemed to, to, um, really strike a nerve talking to her. It was, I mean, you see these things on TV and you see nurses get interviewed and, and I understand, I, I, you know, I mean, I get it, but it, I think it took talking to her to really, to, for me to really, cause it was more personal cause I had the conversation. So it, it, it was, yeah, it was definitely harder to, to hear her, her story and then see people just not, yeah. you know, on board. So what do you, what do you think about the vaccines? And, and, um, here's a good question. Are you going to be, is it the, the American, are you going to be vaccinated, vaccinated like on the base by the Americans or is it going to be like a German, like, do you know what I mean? I'm pretty confident that it's through the American side. So, and, and what do you think? Are, are you going to take it? I'm absolutely pro vaccine in, in every 
case, every vaccine I believe in. Um, and I'm eager to get the shot, but like you, I'm waiting. Uh, at this point, I, I don't feel important enough to get it just because it is still a limited quantity. Um, and, and I'm in a position, you know, I'm a podcaster. I get to stay home and do work. And so I would much rather see that go to our medics, to the people who are kind of on the front lines of dealing with the public and dealing with other people that I'm, I'm content to sit and wait until there's enough for me. Oh, that's great. Um, so where do you see us in a year? Where, where, where do you, where do you see yourself in a year from now? You know, hopefully, hopefully things are different. Um, I'm hopeful for my country, you know, today's the inauguration that we are going to be a country who believes in science and believes in the greater good again. Um, and that we're, we're making strides towards improving. I'm hopeful that I'll get to hug my little sister. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say, I think in the next year, as more people get the vaccine that we're going to see life change yet again, I'm very hesitant to say, go back to the way things were because I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that the way things were is viable anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with the collective trauma that we've all endured. And, you know, we, we have joked about, oh, why does grandma wash her tinfoil? And that's because grandma lived through the Great Depression and it just fundamentally changed how she sees the world. And I think for us, the way that we see the world has been fundamentally changed in ways we don't even know yet. So I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way things were, but I'm cautiously optimistic and very hopeful for us going to the way things will be in the next year. I, I, I agree. I, I think you're going to see a lot of cases of PTSD. Um, I think a lot of people are, are too busy living day to day, trying to, to keep a job, yeah. feed a family, keep your family healthy, stay safe. I think some people are just too busy with that, that they don't even realize what this is doing to their mental health. And, and I think once this is done, where they're, they're going to be able to sort of take a breath, I think it's just going to flood right Absolutely. out of them. I, I think it's just going to hit them and, and it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I, I think there's going to be a lot. I think they're, they're, they're going to need to have resources to deal with this because it's going to be, it's going to be around for a while. I agree. And I'm grateful um, that we're living in an age where mental health is so much more talked about and where we have so much more knowledge about how things like PTSD and, <clears throat> excuse me, and anxiety and all those kind of things work. Um, because I think you're right, Grant. I think we're going to, to be seeing huge rates of trauma response of, I mean, I, I, even sometimes get a little anxious thinking about when we're going to go back to shaking hands and being around people in, in mass that it's like, wow, I haven't done that in a year, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like it's going to be changing super soon. What's it going to be like when we're supposed to just go back to not wearing masks and sitting 12 people deep in boardrooms and, you know, all, all those little casual things. I, I remember one of the, excuse me one second. Sorry, your window closed down. I want to make sure I still had you. Um, I remember one of the first times that I really noticed how much I had changed was when, you know, everyone's hands are so dry from washing them all the time and using hand sanitizer. I couldn't get a grocery bag open. And I thought about how right. to lick our fingers 
just out in public. Yeah. Pick your finger that has touched everything yeah. and then open that bag. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we really used to just do that out in the world and wondering how this has permanently changed me. Like, will I ever feel safe enough to lick my finger in a grocery store and open a bag ever again? Well, I th- I think I think what we're going to be in is sort of like a you know the way it was pre nine yeah. eleven and a post nine eleven world. I think it's going to be a pre pandemic post pandemic world, and I think you're going to see things like you know you're g- you're not going to throw those masks uh, in the garbage. You're going to take them. You're going to put them in a plastic bag or something. A you know baggy whatever, and you're going to stick them in a drawer. But you're going to have them where you know where yeah. they are because. You're going to, you're going to be, I think we're all going to be a little hypersensitive that this is going to happen again or something like it. So I I don't think we're going to let our guard down. Right. I I think, I think people, and, and, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of people this week that, that also said the, the cases of, of the flu this year and, and colds and stuff is way down because people are washing their hands, they're wearing masks. So I think the mask wearing is still going to happen after this because of things. I think, you know, people are just going to be more... um, Cognizant. I'm not going to say paranoid, but exactly. Yeah, they're going to be more... Exactly. Yeah. And and, and I think travel is going to be a big... Like we were talking about travel. I think that's going to change as well because I think what's going to happen is I think when you get vaccinated... You're going to get some sort of card, some sort of ID. And you're when you go to another country, you're going to have to show them your passport and this proof of vaccination or they're not going to let you yeah, in. I, I, I think that's where we're going to be. Absolutely. But And I think that's fine. I got no problem with that. I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. My biggest hope moving forward is like you were talking about with colds and flus going down. One of my biggest hopes in moving forward is seeing the continued um, working from home, teleworking. So back when we were stateside, my career, I was actually a a disabilities social worker. I worked for people who had intellectual and some physical disabilities. And there was a huge wall for them to get meaningful employment because of mobility issues or the ability to be in environments other than their home. And you know, part of that was for a diminished immune system and people would just go to work with a cold and be like, oh, don't worry, it's just a cold. And, you know, that would really put a lot of people in really dire situations. And so my hope is that we're going to see the employment sphere change after this because I think employers are seeing how effective working from home can be. And I think that that's my my hope is that that's going to open up job opportunities to people with disabilities, to single parents, to, you know, mothers wanting or or parents in general wanting to enter the workforce after having a child. Um, and so my hope is that that's going to be a positive thing that comes out of this. Well, yeah, I, I think you're going to see much smaller offices, like physical offices. I think they're going to be more like pods. Come in when you can. Here, here's a desk. If not, work from home. I think there's going to be a, a certain group of people that will really take advantage of working from home. And there's going to be another group of people that I need to at least come to the office a couple of days. They're going to need that social interaction. So I think you're going to see a mixture of both, but I do see it's going to be, it's not going to look anything like what we've seen up yeah. till now. My hope is, and obviously, you know, I like that communal environment. Um, but my hope is that 
not being able to engage in person is no longer going to be a hindrance to employment. That's that's my biggest hope coming out of this. Well, I, I think I think for sure. I, I definitely I can't see that that's not going to be the case. We have um, too much. Proof. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're going to get your wish. <laughs> Here's hoping. Well, this is this has really been great. It's uh, been interesting. Um, I want to let you get back to the inauguration. <laughs> um, so thanks for sharing, Rue. And stay safe. Thanks so much for having me, Grant. Take care.